0: Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This video is sponsored by Liquid IV. Alrighty, Well, well, Reject Nation. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, we just literally moments ago finished watching Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds. And, and snakes! snakes. <sighs> Alrighty, well, um, before going into it, my expectations were, they were tamper well. Like, there was a good trailer, and then there were not great reviews, mixed reviews, I would say. <laughs> but then a really good audience score, and then the box office ended up picking up on it. So mm. I was like, alright, well, this... Sets my expectations. I feel like that's all I really knew I didn't watch any reviews So I didn't know what people thought about anything in particular Uh, And and then I just was able to take this one out. now. It's just a little reminder like I've only I Think I might have seen the first one twice. I think I saw the first one twice. Yeah Yeah, I definitely saw the first one twice and then I saw uh, The other ones just one time and uh, I really loved the first two a lot. I remember uh, really loving them. Yeah, this, this isn't going to be really a comparison uh, uh, to them. Uh, there's no real point in doing that. Uh, but there were there's a lot about this movie that I really really liked, uh, quite quite a bit. And there are some things that I'm like, ah, I feel like maybe they were maybe two and a half hours is actually not enough to tell this <laughs> epic spanning tale that they want to tell. And then it seems like it even ends at a point where they would they could still do a sequel.
2: Yeah, to the 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 rise of snow i think they were smart enough to go we'll just try this one movie that we jam-packed out and then if people like that then we'll do our coriolanus snow trilogy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah. instead of announcing it ahead of time i mean but what did what what are your what's the first thing that comes to mind for you john
2: oh goodness i mean i guess rachel zegler is the first thing that comes to mind Mm. uh I, i yeah i quite enjoyed this too uh In an interesting way, because yeah, like the Hunger Games franchise for me. You know, I, I like I. I probably had the same experience now that I think about it. Like I might have seen Catching Fire or the first one again at home, you know, on home video at some point. But I feel like I, the first one was a pretty vivid experience when it was out. The second one, like I'll never forget the IMAX experience of that. Yeah. And then the 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 returns, you know, kind of diminished across the mocking Mockingjays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, I came in kind of in a in a middle space, you know, sort of being like, yeah, I'm I'm happy to go back to this world. I'm not expecting the moon, and I've heard enough mixed opinions some people really positive some people kind of meh that i was like yeah this this is a fun prospect to me because it could go any number of directions and it sounds like they're at least trying something and uh and yeah like it's interesting because those two performances at the center of the movie are so much of you know what makes it compelling i mean like the 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 world and the way that talking they... Talking about Snow and Lucy Gray. Yeah, <laughs> yes. okay. Lucy Gray Baird. Uh, You know, those two come... I, I, I agree when you say that this could have been longer just because I feel like we really see from the perspective of Snow, we really get to know Snow, and I wish we could have maybe done that for Lucy Gray as well, because Rachel Zegler does have this fascinating presence in the movie as it is presented, because she is kind of like a bird flying through everything uh, because she's removed from everything. Like, she comes from these people who exist outside of and sort of in between the different districts, and then you have the district set up that we know about, but we're largely seeing from the perspective of somebody who is from that upper crust and who, you know, has, even if he's got, you know, uh, shambled origins, has certainly arisen to, you know, the kind of the heights of privilege and whatever else in this society. And so, like, when they first meet and she enters the plot, like, she is so such a presence and such a force, but I feel like they're, it's like the the problem is we need our own like Katniss Everdeen style movie to show her life outside of this too. Cause like the way she enters the movie, she does have this kind of like magic presence. Cause you know, she's going to teach him, but she's also got to survive the hunger games, but she also just has this just sort of effervescent, wiseness in in all situations that sort of places her i don't know yeah just in this interesting plane above it all while still very much entrenched in it all so yeah i feel like some of the character things could have benefited from the kind of breathing room the third chapter gets which i'm glad they put it there because it's what you're going to leave people off you know it's the last taste you're going to leave in their mouth and it's certainly sort of a very tangible uh sequence uh, that part of the story, and you do get more of that sense of like the life that this girl comes from, and and the way he looks at that, and all those interesting things. But but the performances I thought were really terrific.
1: The performances were. I thought everyone was
2: great in this movie. Yeah.
1: Even to even Viola Davis, who usually can't do anything wrong,
2: with
1: she's <laughs> the only one I was questionable <laughs> about. Did she? Did she for sure know? What the the, of, the, the yeah. world, the tone of uh, like, yes, there are heightened characters in Hunger Games for sure, but there's kind of like a time and a place for where they are placed. She's not
2: doing and like hoity-toity heightened. She's doing like she's out of something else. In yeah, movie. she's yeah. doing like a whole other. She reminded me of Charlize Theron in Snow White and the Huntsman, where she's just like way elevated and chewing scenery in a way most other characters are not. Yeah, <laughs> but I found it very
1: amusing. Like, she was very entertaining, and she had her scenes where she was effective. Yeah, uh, I I like I think. For me, you know, while we're on this subject of all them, yeah, I, I think the individual performances of both of them are really good. Who plays Snow?
2: Yeah, what is that guy's name?
1: I'm never, I don't know if I've seen this guy before. Probably have. He's one of those guys, probably. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have. But I, didn't, I didn't remember. <laughs> Has he done a Game of Thrones or
2: something? I don't know this guy's name. Yeah. Tom Blythe? Tom Blythe. That name sounds familiar. Does he maybe get, like thrown out there for lots of things no i haven't seen any of these guys done actually uh, looking at looking at his list of stuff i haven't seen any of this yeah damn first
1: time this is first time for us yeah first time for us uh yeah i mean i thought he did a really good job and i thought she did a really good job and i think like the missing piece for me between the two of them uh, really was just and a lot of it comes down to the writing the breathing within your first um because there's three parts to here yeah. so three long acts is what they're doing and I, and I think like in the first act, especially, they really could have utilized building that relationship up yeah. with them. Uh, it's more about like the qualitative treatment that you give them with the sparse time. They are allowed to see each other, you know, and then they're talking about like, oh, mentor, mentee, uh, dynamic. And they don't really I don't, I don't feel like we really did enough with that. I, that was the part where I felt like yeah. they were really missing they something like rushed here, that. when it seemed like that would have been your most compelling Story to element to build the relationship between the two of them because they want to do two things, right? They want to tell the story of, uh, of the origin of snow, but also the origin of how the Hunger Games came to be I think the one thing I was misled by and I kind of blame the trailer I think the trailer makes it feel this way that this was gonna be the first Hunger Games.
2: Yeah I, th- right. I
1: thought this would be the first that was the impression I was left with sure it was oh We're gonna watch the story of the very first Hunger Games. Yeah, and what then.
2: did that look?
1: like? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize we would be ten years in yeah, we still get the origin of how it came to be and and how it even co- correlates more with snow,
2: ha ha.
1: In, in a way that was uh, pretty surprising, and it, like that reveal at the
2: end of he is a special,
1: <laughs> yeah. Your daddy it's created the these games. Your boy. father was Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> you are Monarch son. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There was there was a, a, a nice little treatment there, uh, but I I do think that what they did miss out on was really capturing that to heighten everything tension, stakes, the that prequel fear syndrome where you're like, oh, I know he's going to be bad, but I don't want her to be. You, you you have to like tug at that, you know? And that's where I thought some of the quali- – where, where some of the emotional heft was missing some of its zest.
2: Yeah. Oh, good
1: word. Personally. That's just my personal take. And it's kind of odd to say that when the – individual performances themselves, like Isolator, I thought were really good. Rachel Zegler, especially, I thought was a scene stealer. And and I I know you keep, I I understand your perspective there of wanting to see a little bit more from Rachel Zegler's POV, but I, I have this choice to keep it, this whole thing feels like it's in, entirely in Snow's perspective. Even when you yeah. cut to Rachel Zegler in the arena or hiding out, I'm like, well, there's cameras on there that he could be watching, you know. Yeah. So it's still his perspective. So like, even choices like that make sense to me. I don't, I can't recall a scene in here where you actually cut away from a scene that he is not either privy to, or uh, like he has to be in the room in some way. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and and honestly, I don't begrudge the movie. I understand that the structure they've chosen. Necessitates that, and I don't think that's the only way to do it. I feel like, yeah, if the first act and by extension the second, but like one thing the later games, the earlier movies do, which I get is not fully formed yet, that's part of the point of these, but you know, you spend a distinct amount of time with mentors you know so like and, and they become distinct characters and so I like the idea of them being thrown together and them essentially like meeting as she's getting off the train then being thrown into this truck and then being thrown into the zoo and, and I feel like if we could have stolen a few more moments to it's weird. It's like there are a lot of things about it that necessitate that quickness of pace and we're rushing into this and there's not really much time anyway. But it would have been nice, I think, to have a couple of scenes that just made it so that we maybe didn't have to spend so much time wondering if she is, you know, being straight with how she's expressing herself. Because there are certain times and, and I and I think there's a certain amount of time you're supposed to be wondering, oh, are they both playing the game? Um and and you know, seeing from his, it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 good. I like. I think they've given us a good amount of like kind of rich stuff there. But yeah, like some more intimate beats early on that breathe a little, that allow them to establish the chemistry and allow us to care just about them being together beyond all of this. Well,
1: the the issue I think with the movie is is another. Case. Even though it's a long movie, uh, I mean nowadays it feels like the standard for films is like two and a half or three hours. And I think this should have been three hours because unlike the other Hunger Games movies, specifically referencing the first two, those first two that feet like Mockingjay does not have a Hunger Game in it. Those first two movies have a Hunger Game in it. And the structure with that is introduce characters lead into the Hunger Games, the fun ceremony stuff and whatever. And then you're in the Hunger Games and there's like a a five to ten minute wrap up at the end. Yeah. Those are both those movies. Yeah. You know, and then here... You're doing all that. Then another, then another hour whole <laughs> <other> <laughs> movie on the other. Yeah, This yeah, is no. the rare so, time
2: because people used to roll their eyes about the whole, like, oh, split the last one into two, but I'm like, you could split this in two and really stack up all the, because all those happen to favor one side or the other. There's always one half that's a little more action-packed, there's always one half that's yeah. a little more emotional, a little more story and stakes, and so, like, I feel like here you could have had your thrilling first installment of, like, oh, man, we're getting to see the both of them, we're getting to see him learning how this world works and his place in it and the moral implications of all that, plus them just bonding over getting through this hunger game, and then the next side okay, yeah. they're free, they're back in the district, they're about to gear this up again. You know, will he, you know, we know where he's headed, but then you well, can spend that movie going, Oh, will they remain, you know, together?
1: Yeah, because I didn't even feel I, I don't really care for, um, I'm not one of those people who really thinks that a movie needs to do commentary. I do think that when you are, I'd rather just get a character-driven narrative, honestly, more than anything else, and then let some commentary speak via through that, which is how I think commentary generally should be executed. It's It's called subtext. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because there's a lot of textual
2: talk in here.
1: Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, here I'm like, the commentary doesn't really do anything that new for the Hunger Games world. Uh, Not really. Like everything that they touch on with uh, oppression, classism, and and, uh, war, all that. People
2: as animals, and
1: yeah, Yeah, like prisoners. The 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 way they've explored all these other things, yeah, we've seen all that. And and honestly, that's the thing with Francis Lawrence, who I feel like is on the unlike. Unlike David Yates, because David, okay, for those who don't know, <laughs> David Yates made Order of Phoenix. I think that was his first one. Yeah. And then he just made and every Harry every Potter every Fantastic sense. Beast, and He didn't take a break to do anything else. Yeah. Whereas Francis Lawrence has at least done stuff since the last Hunger Games movie. Sure. And, th- and then this one, right? But at the same time, it is like, I feel like we kind of needed a fresh director. <laughs> to, it I it do, do feel, it, feel like. Because the first two acts, while not being bad i don't think they're bad i don't feel like they're anywhere near as interesting as the last act because there is a certain element of kind of going by the numbers yeah while they do some different things even like the new stuff that they're introducing kind of feels like yeah this is about the beats you expect them to hit with the origin of snow and this (laughs) early hunger games (laughs) story it it does feel a little bit like in terms of outlining and, that, and that's where the richness would come in with just stronger scene work, yeah. uh, or or really be like even not being like I don't even really care about that stuff. Being like uh, the outline being a little bit what I expected, it's yeah. the, but the scenes themselves really shine. Yeah. And and so that's where predictability versus uh, you know actual storytelling. <laughs> and, and to me, I'm like yeah, it was kind of weaving in and out uh, for me of being really connected. Whereas like the third. Part three of, of this post the Hunger Games is when I felt like Francis Lawrence finally like lit up.
2: Yeah, I was like, okay, I get to bring yeah. some of that stuff I've probably been raking in from more recent experiences and apply it to this. Yeah, yeah. I got
1: to do something different because to the movie's credit, one of the best things about and and, and I keep forgetting it's actually based on a this one's based on a book. Keep forgetting that, but to the story of it. Is there's been a lot of origin tales of people that just seem unnecessary, or I don't I don't really like that word necessary. You know when people say that is this movie no necessary? film is yeah, necessary. Like, <laughs> right? yes, I, I don't really like that word necessary. Um, yeah. That the the origins feel so predictable? The origins feel like well we know we're gonna go here. We know it isn't gonna happen. We know, and and the only thing we really that was. A, uh, obvious is that he's got to end up a bad guy by the end. Yeah. And B, um, it probably isn't to do the heartbreak here that yeah. he experienced with this woman. But the way that unfolds, while some stuff you can sort of telegraph like a, like several minutes before it happens, for the most part, I really was like, I don't know how he's going to end up yeah. to being the snow or, or at least end up on the path of being the snow that we know him to be by the time he becomes Donald Sutherland. Yeah. And I thought that was a strength that kept me watching yeah, because I was, because I could not see it really. I'm like, I don't really know. And by the time we got there, it actually really clicked for me. It, I thought it was great on how they did it. Cause they took avenues primarily in the part three act. They took avenues and directions that kind of let plot points unfold in ways that don't actually feel cliche and, and I don't think they are cliche. They took different directions that I thought were actually really unexpected of why he does what he does or how he lands where he lands, where he does come to the lesson of the world is not the Hunger Games are merely a mirror. You yeah. know, and I thought that was
2: kind of powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. It's a distillation and of everything that's going on all over this place. Because yeah.
1: we isolate the Hunger Games, but they are a reflection of us yeah. in, in, a, in a way, right? And I, so I actually really, like the third act, really bumped this up a lot for yeah. me. Whereas the first two acts were... I. I'm, I'm picking and choosing what I really like well the you know? first two acts
2: of that blockbuster thing that happens where you have like a bunch of talent and not enough you know time to really let that spread out
1: yeah and, and I mean like, even the hunger game itself was like just yeah it's a little it's kind it, honestly it's, it's a weird word to say a part of it feels like it's kind of cute to me Uh, oh oh, yeah it's like an older version oh yeah look at that it's the older version that's a lot of it was sort of reading yeah instead of really having the suspense and stakes and the menace people finally the the most violent shit that happens is someone people fall you know like and i thought oh we're in a more like barbaric setting where usually we're in this like giant landscape. Yeah. And I, and, and and I, and I thought it actually completely didn't have the, (laughs) not almost say completely, it was void of the grit that the other ones had, even especially the first movies grit. Like the first movie, I remember not knowing what I was going to go watch and sure. There might've been like the shock value of it, of someone who had no idea what the Hunger Games was about, and be like, "These kids are murderers!" Like, but see, but it was still captured in a way that I remember being like, "This is really violent. These are like like the way it was being shown. Even those PG thirteen humanity yeah. of it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like really it personally. On, yeah, it borders on R. And 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 this I thought really should have towed the line. And it, the Hunger Games
2: themselves were like, yeah. they're that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing about so much of the first two chapters of this and why I do honestly think that if any of these should have been split in two, this would be a good candidate because that's the thing is, I yeah, it's like, I think it's a neat idea of doing like, okay, so it's like the 10th one. We've done a couple of these enough to know that it's not going to be like completely makeshift. But yeah, it's not what you are used to in the future. That's a cool prospect because you can play up the humor like with the drones. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the half that they are missing is the way in which that's totally more barbaric or it would lead to a games that is a lot more feral and scrappy. Exactly. And, and like that. There are glimpses of that, like the weapons do, like harken back to like old gladiator stuff, and you know it's not super high tech, but I feel it's no like surface though it, it is, it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, and and so you have these cartoon, you know, all the other competitors fall into their cartoon, you know, archetypes, and you have like a literal puppy killing with the one girl with the tuberculosis, and the one guy over here who's just like you know yeah. the, the chosen hero, and everyone in between. And, the
1: problem with the runtime is that you you are now shortened like the other two movies
2: that's most of the runtime is the it's the game and here you're like we got to condense that (laughs) runtime because yeah see again not to uh, i i guess i'm just gonna embrace that these are the ideas the movie is giving me not to like totally rewrite but i feel like it's good to keep it in snow's perspective i i like what they tried to do with the hunger games i feel like you could have done a lot with the tension like you could show her perspective in the games a bit to a greater emotional degree and and ride off the simultaneous nature of the fact that he's in one place around the establishment watching her and can only do so much to help. And she's, you know, literally stranded in Lord of the Flies right now. So, like there's so much mutual tension and cutting back and forth yeah. and stuff that you could do in the moment to really make that gripping and and again like one thing those old Hunger Games movies did do was at least take some time to like okay we're meeting all the other contestants in they get their intros in front of the city but then we do like the behind the scenes like oh this is what they're really like and this is you know who I'm up against and who might be an ally and you get to wonder about all these things a little whereas this is moving so quickly that it, it just does give you time for mystery or wondering much of anything that isn't yeah. clearly going to be end of the movie reveals
1: and, and that's where i think to your point of where some of the stuff of because we're focused on snow snow's perspective not um uh lucy's perspective yeah, yeah. where lucy gray, lucy gray whereas <laughs> the movies are focused on katniss's perspective who was in the hunger games yeah so you you're more connected to it you're more you're more connected to the entire thing and, and so i think the idea was to kind of flip perspective but it was trying to have its cake and eat it too a little bit yeah. you know and, and i think that's where some of it and because of the fact that it's this number installment movie you know, the only people who are going to watch i don't know most people who are going to watch this this is going to be the fourth hunger games movie they're watching yeah. no the fifth this is going to be the fifth hunger games movie because there's the Hunger Games two parts right yeah yeah so this would be the fifth hunger game movie they are watching and not uh, their first one, so it you moves naturally will.
2: Yeah, no, it does, and it that's does. the thing is, there's an awareness too. So, because yeah, because yeah, I think too, it's like it rushes pretty quickly past them their initial distrust and the spirit they suggest upon their first meeting just doesn't seem like someone who would warm up to him that fast. Yeah, and so I feel like they needed to earn moments like that, and yeah, that's, you can do a lot of things still within his perspective, but the, develop that. That's what made him. Uh, that's what made
1: me like question her. Yeah, but. Back to her, I mean, I think that her uh, Rachel Zegler again. I feel like that it's become like this hot button keyword <laughs> to talk about her. Um, I don't really care. I mean, I th- I thought she was uh, the absolute standout in this movie. Mm-hmm. I came in here to watch the origin of the Hunger Games and the origin of our favorite dictator, <laughs> and Rachel Zegler. I I forgot she was in it till a moment before they showed her. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Rachel Zegler's in this movie. Yeah. I was not expecting her character to be such a standout her the songs that they i don't know if they wrote those songs i don't know if they're uh at a, um covers i don't know what regardless i thought they helped serve the narrative and help develop her character and her voice and the mood and how it creates an atmosphere around her and it's something that i think could have really failed at how they executed it to be in here is just something that feels completely cheesy and silly, uh, yet you can see how that is also the start and origin of uh, of, of something theatrical to endear you to the audience. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like in the Hunger Games world of how they do that, the theatrics to make them a little bit more performers who are tributes. The tributes make them more performers, and and uh, but but her performance overall, like I was most concerned about her. Like I did, she was the only one huh. where I was like, ooh, I, I don't want her to die and the stakes yeah. are really
2: real for for you cuz you're in district 12 at the moment and you're also, you know, part of a traveling group of people yeah. who seems to be on the fringes of society anyway. And and I like that they use the music, like the music does I think a good amount to bridge some of the gaps because music does just speak in ways that words don't always and and a lot of the lyrics kind of are directly about situations that happen, but I feel like, you know, the the emotional rousing that music can provide is put to good effect here. And I like that it also plays into the tradition of like, yeah, in rebellions, music plays a big part, both for morale and for this sending of messages and other things like that. And so like, that's a nice astute detail to put in there that's perfectly in line to do what often happens in in earlier Hunger Games installments, where it's like, okay, this is technically a rebellion, but you can warp it into being part of the show too. You know, the the one is part of the matrix, you know? Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, like that was... Like a cool thread that they didn't have to commit to to the degree that they did. I thought that was like a nice artistic surprise they put on this.
1: All right, Reject Nation, so today I want to share something with you that has been a wonderful addition to my health and fitness journey that I discovered during the holidays, and that is Liquid IV's Hydration Multiplier. I'm down to my very last packet, and I'm freaking out, but it's okay. I got more in the mail. Now, a lot of you have been so kind to notice how I've been working on my physical health. Thank you for all the compliments. And one thing I learned is that proper hydration is absolutely crucial, especially post-workout and pre-filming after post-workout. And my wife actually introduced me to this product, which is perfect because we not only care about quality but a good tasting quality product whether it's after a sweaty workout or just after you know a good night out you know what i'm saying efficient hydration and replenishing electrolytes is key. You just feel better and it tastes fantastic. I can't emphasize that enough. And another thing that I'm always on the lookout for too is products that have zero sugar or zero sugar added because that's one of my main dietary restrictions throughout the week. And they of course got products that fit that description that also taste good too. So yes, thank you so much. So liquid IV's hydration multiplier is in summary is they are a non-GMO electrolyte drink that delivers hydration into your bloodstream faster and more efficient than water alone. Because sometimes drinking a whole gallon is not always efficient, but in fact, it can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. Most a big on efficiency. Plus, it's packed with a lot of essential vitamins, and we know vitamins are good for the body. It's vegan, soy-free, gluten-free, and dairy-free. You can customize the water amount to your taste. Again, perfect for post-night recovery, traveling, or just having a big night out, you know what I mean? Normal. So, if you want to boost your support for the channel and boost your hydration game, go to liquidiv.com and use promo code REJECTS at checkout. That's liquidiv.com, promo code REJECTS, and remember, liquid IV. It's not a real IV, but it sure feels like it. So stay hydrated, stay healthy, and let's keep crushing those health and fitness goals together in the year 2024. It was a really a nice artistic surprise. Yeah. And I like the descent of snow, where he, he normally in these movies where someone becomes a monster, you just watch them become less human and more cold by the end. And I thought the choice to actually do do kind of an inverse where he actually seems more detached, honestly, in the beginning to in the be, in the very, very beginning of the movie. Yeah. He seems a little bit more. Attached And I get it. His family was once of prominence and he's putting on sort of this like posturing act of elegance that even Peter Dinklage calls him out on. Yeah. And then, so then you're slowly getting to see like, Oh, he's actually, a, but some of his earlier on scenes, I didn't really, I feel like he was cast for what he did in the later half. Sure. And not so much what he did in the first half. Yeah. And in that first half, um, yeah. Cause I, I think his real strengths were in that last half. And in that first half of the movie, you, you are watching as he's becoming more human, right, from falling in love to the fear and paranoia. Even when he starts doing villainous deeds or corrupted deeds that are out of just selfish gain, it, it where he's playing his own real-world Hunger Games. Like as someone yeah. who was a mentor and he's playing real-world Hunger Games, he actually feels like he's becoming more and more human as he c- becomes... "quote unquote a monster I guess you know and I, and I thought that was actually a nice way of doing an origin for like oh look at him he's a good guy and we're going to watch him become bad and they did it in a way that was different it didn't feel like he completely became" So, sometimes in origin movies they, they really telegraph very early on that this is who they uh, like oh you're gonna see them become bad and here it is that right streak here streak
2: was always yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: they do that or they uh i don't know there's there's all other kinds of versions of cliches and i haven't quite seen it done this way like when he's in the woods trying to shoot her he, he still feels like a very multi-layered human in that moment who is experiencing paranoia heartbreak fear of loss to, like i thought he embodied the multiple layers and he felt that's what i'm trying to say i felt like he actually became multi-layered and multifaceted um at the as the movie went and by, especially by the end and that's yeah. why i feel like he's more human by the end even though he's more cold yeah uh, whereas in the beginning i <laughs> didn't really feel the multiple layers of this character it took me a while to get actually interested in who snow about <laughs> in this version of snow it, it really took me some time uh, like rachel zegler was kind of right off the bat whereas um her uh, him took me some time and then the other performers, too, of course, like uh, Peter Dinklage was, you know, Peter Dinklage was kind of something we were familiar with Peter Dinklage doing, but it's still like he's still it's committed. It's still Peter Dinklage. <laughs> he's still yeah. great. Yeah, he's still great. He's still doing the performance. And Jason Schwartzman and <laughs> uh, I just call him young Stanley Tucci. I always forget that character's name.
2: Lucky Flickerman or whatever.
1: I-, I liked how, you know, the comparison differences. Stanley Tucci is is very much he's a superstar, you know. Um, th- he's Regis Philbin and then this is young <laughs> Regis Philbin, you know, he's working his way
2: up. Yeah. He's yeah. holding the show together, but yeah. he's also singing for his dinner. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah
1: totally. I thought J Schwartzman was excellent. And yeah, I think performances, costumes all look great. And the aesthetic of making it like retro sci-fi where it feels like how the fifties and sixties imagine what the future would look like. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And and yeah, the third act to me was um, that that's when I felt this movie really sang a lot and, yeah. and had the most amount of actual tension to hold on to and, and concern and worry. And I like that you don't find out what really happened with her. Yeah. That you keep it a mystery with Lucy Gray, even as the song scene's happening.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and the is woods. Is this just a thing that the birds are recalling above him? Is this just an echo in his mind? Did she really, you know? Yeah, does she, she even to really him? exist? Yeah, Did the Hunger is Games it actually happened. His head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like Yeah. No, like like I guess that's the last thought that I kind of have is, is 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 yeah. I think the the most important thing this movie had to do for itself, given what it set out to do, is sell the character journey of Coriolanus Snow and I thought the most graceful thing about it was the way they did sort of weave in and out of moral gray areas and you can see him in multiple in in, in almost in you know the same scene at times you know like swaying more toward a benevolent side swaying more toward the machinations of the Capitol, you know right right you know, for for as kind of straightforward or as surface level as certain things were, it felt like that part of the story they really always managed. Like, I love that thing with Peter Dinklage because, yeah, you think he's just being a Snape about it because, like, oh, I knew your dad back in the day, Potter. Like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to stick it to you. Whereas, you know, you come back around and it's like, oh, this guy... And that's at a point in the story where Corio is sort of seemingly flirting with more of a humanist perspective or is being drawn more toward a humanist perspective. So that gives you more cause to suspect that uh, the the um, what high bottom or whatever his name is like mm-hmm. is a bad guy. And then later on, you, oh, you find out he's helping out the rebels. And he did this because he thinks you're just like your dad, even though you've like tried not to be throughout this movie. But now you're still being set down that path, you know, and, it's, and I
1: think we needed some depiction of the dad. That would have been nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because there was all this emphasis on him. Yeah. And I didn't really, they still kept it so vague. Just something. We don't, like, for me, you don't even need to see his face necessarily, but, like, show a window into the moments where he did have time with his dad to form any association. Because we first meet him as, like, a kid out in the snow, like, getting taken in from, you know squalor so like where was how old was he when he knew his dad like all there's questions there
1: i think what i never really latched onto with the movie is why snow cares to get this far
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he's the special and his dad created the hunger games
1: <laughs> but you know like at the very beginning i'm like of course i'm not going to relate with this there's got to be something there to relate with the motivation I'm like i think they're trying to tell me that all this stuff with his cousin and his grandma, he really loves them, so he wants to take care of them is what the movie's, I think, trying to tell me. And yeah, will never but, be evicted again. <laughs> but that wasn't... I don't know, I, I, I like, this specific why thing he was... Why are you going to lead this place? This specific thing, yeah, he was aspiring to at the very
2: jump of this movie. And why are you it, so inspired I, with ways to make the games that much better? Because this whole thing is predicated on, like, oh, he's got this crazy-ass plan for how to make the games great, and I feel like we glossed over that. Because I think there was something there in the text about... um,
1: And maybe I missed it, but I, 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 pay, I feel like I pay attention to everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... the uh, Because it seems like the family was once respected and once of regality in some regard, and then now they're not, and he wants to reclaim that good name, I think, maybe, Maybe. but he
2: also seems very detached and cold. But (laughs) it also seems
1: like everyone who finds out who his dad is, is, other than Peter Dinklage, is like, your dad was an alright guy. (laughs) Yeah, man, he gave uh, us this. (laughs) So I don't know... Well, I mean, but he didn't know that, right? Not until later, I don't and, think I thought it seemed like he didn't know his dad gave him until the very end. Yeah. Seems like uh he took somehow
2: for some reason that it's been lost. Yeah. Not even Or ever or maybe just he was never in a position to have it revealed to him or something like that. But even such, yeah,
1: it's like oh, That's right, it's because the hungry Games hadn't even happened yet. Because yeah. the movie started off three years before.
2: He gets taken in, yeah, three years before when they're, like, little kids. And then mm-hmm. and then so sometime, I, I guess, what is it? He's taken in by the guy who would eventually create the Hunger Games. <laughs> that, like, that part got confused because we don't really ever see him. And we see Grandma or whoever that is. Uh, but, yeah, and then we cut to ten years later or whatever.
1: Yeah, because the movie starts off three years before the first Hunger Games. Yeah. Right? It said the first Hunger Games. Yeah um and then i guess they had that conversation through a few years before the first hunger games
2: like like that's the thing is yeah like it would have been even if this is not about the first hunger games it would have been nice to check in with the first hunger games like i feel like that would kind of almost be important for how close the part of the point is like we've only been doing this for a little while and you know they're flailing out here we got to figure out a way to really beef this up and, and get everyone on board and I think that would have been. I think
1: that would be a really challenging. It's like the first the movie the, of the Purge franchise, and there's there are, <laughs> there are correlations. I think you can draw parallels oh, yeah. in terms of the story and what they're talking about and what they're doing between what the Hunger Games stories are about and what the Purge movies are about. Yeah, even though they're very different movies, there's a lot of similarities <laughs> at yeah, the same absolutely. time um, in terms of some contextual things, and and I think that would have made for in terms of like a, a thematic piece. The a more interesting thematic piece, yeah, because you would see how people like were re- reacting to when this was first announced and when they were going to do it, and then how the response went over when it went when when it uh. When it does go down, yeah, and then the unknown of how how this is supposed to work,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and, and figure yeah. it out. See, that's the thing is, you could have a Hunger Games again, and and again do you know the part of any you know continuing franchise where we do the thing from the first time again, but you can give it a whole new you know uh, veneer and a whole new kind of you know. Uh, set of circumstances that could make it fresh and interesting in a more rudimentary and rough kind of way. For sure. And tap into, you know, the the signature aspect of like what drew people to this franchise in many ways. Like, yeah, some some pretty straightforward, but you know, very invested commentary on society in various ways. And even this, like it flirts at the end with they they either reject society, leave and go someplace else, or they try to climb to the top and, and fix it and all that. And so like, yeah, things were so bad and these wars happened and we split up all these districts and stuff and it was so bad we had to create this game <laughs> right, know, right, right, to, to make an example but also just like sate people's anger and keep people complacent and whatever else and like and yeah like it, it is odd to me not to at least touch on that like I feel like maybe they're just keeping that ace up their sleeve so if they you know want to in another five or six years or if this trilogy doesn't work they can go first Hunger Games let's get cycle three going um, but it I don't know I feel like again, for drawing it so close to that and doing some of that, I feel like you could have just made that stuff even more rich by at least touching on the first games. Well,
1: uh, overall, nah, you know, I'd probably give this movie, uh, like, a... There's a lot of things I really liked about it, though, man. Like Whenever Rachel Zegler was on screen, I, and I really did find a lot of suspense in the last hour of yeah. this film. Yeah. And,
2: uh, and I'm glad they yeah. put it there. Like, you know, again, yeah. in the math, I, w- I would rather be left off on an interesting note Oh, than, yeah, no, I mean... Rush it, through Act
1: 3. <laughs> it feels grounded and gritty, and it feels like the real-world allegories are even more present, and you put Snow in a position where there are stakes where you, like, you start to semi-forget, like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to somehow go back to the Capitol and be... because he's stripped down. I think that's another thing that helps with the character. He's stripped down, he's vulnerable, he's taken away from everything.
2: And he's traversed all levels of this society, and he's been in favor, he's been out of favor, and in that last half, you're able to kind of live... I think one thing doing this perspective allows you to do is live in the banality of the day to day of this shit, which the third act really does do. Cause he's, he's a stormtrooper. <laughs> well, the
1: other thing I really liked that I completely forgot to touch on was that you actually get a sense of community from district 12 where yeah. in, in this like movie that feels is a dystopian future. You, you normally don't get something that feels joyous celebratory in any way and you get that there when they are and that was one of the elements of the musical side where that connection when they are seen and dancing and and uh and Lucy Gray is performing I'm like oh yeah there's a real there is a community here yeah and you are connected and endeared to that at least i was and i don't that's something that i don't feel the other Hunger Games <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know just felt like they were everyone's Broke and throwing bread in the mud, you know. <laughs> you know yeah, like dreary and yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. dirty all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is part of that life, but also because yeah, they the shows the contrast. Literally. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, and I thought that like finding having that kind of community with the with with the southern flair to it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. and also you know and and to get Rachel Zegler who I I don't think she's Caucasian. Uh, she's something she's like Latina or something. I don't know what she yeah. is, she's but she's, she's obviously not, color. She's not Caucasian, and to to see someone who who embodies such a southern belle kind of vibe who's yeah. not caucasian I thought it was actually kind of refer- was like different and, and refreshing and it balances and, things yeah. out. Cause
2: she is singing a lot of like very bluesy spirituals, which I think would be kind of extra tacky if it was yeah. just like a white girl. Yeah. And I think some <laughs> people
1: might be like, what the hell? Uh, you know, but I'm like, wait, all, all that has to happen is someone just grows up around that. You can yeah. the voice, at the gate, it's matters in the, the culture. You well, know? It's yeah. like when you see like, I don't know, a Japanese guy who grows up in, Australia.
2: He has an Australian accent. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, so. This is this is clearly a place in which it's people Australia. have been all just jumbled <laughs> yeah. around by war and class. And now, you know, wherever you wind up, especially her as like a nomad, <laughs> you know, like wherever you wind up is sort of whatever culture and you're going to pick up.
1: Like, I know we see that in life all the time, uh, but in, in movies and shows, you really
2: don't. <laughs> you know? There's a uniformity yeah, yeah. That, that often happens, yeah. whereas here I thought that, yeah, they, they, they managed to make the district feel... Alive yeah. and feel like, yeah, despite, you know, the thing that all like many places in squalors, there still can be senses of community and ways to find joy and respite, whilst also never kind of being unaware of the fact that you're always under the boot. A thousand percent. And, and yeah, you can feel. Yeah, it's like I, I liked like I liked getting those bits where you do at least just have sort of like life's happening and people are breaking out in song and they're dancing and you really kind of feel like what a day in the life is like over here. You know, and what we're fighting for. Yeah, I can't help but think. Like, even though I like the third act
1: a lot, the, the there are, I can't help but at uh, times be like, I really feel like a, a half hour would have added this in, and maybe it's there in the book. But even <laughs> even with his friend, that that's where the part. I had to forget his name. Soju, oh, <laughs> um, so, so, so during, yeah, soju, so so, something like that. The 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 the. the <laughs> The best friendship there could have been a heartbreaking thing if at all he did feel compelled to help him out. If he did think, like, the if there was a debate with um, with them truly of potentially helping out the rebels and stuff. Yeah. And that way that creates a real conflict and you see him actually making a choice. that And it even would drive home that descent, that character arc that he has more when he does go like, no, he's shutting this shit down, he's not gonna help,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and giving that care, again, it's that breathing room thing of like, man, just a couple more scenes showing these guys in a joyous moment and in a moment where you can see how his buddy is is rubbing off on him because he they say established that he's his only friend. You're the only guy who sticks up for this dude who clearly has yeah. a sympathetic side for the plebs out there, you know, and, and he speaks to his humanity. And I think you, you said something early on about certain scenes feeling kind of soap opera-esque because the emotion has to be high, because it's the important scenes that we're cutting to. Uh but I feel like especially with a character like that like they managed to get a good amount of the tragedy but I feel like some of it some of the real contrast and the real weight of it is a bit garbled. Like they kind of make they kind of streamline it in a way where you're like yeah, he's going to be Yeah. But whereas <laughs> like you want to feel like uh, will this be Less of a direct betrayal and more of like a choice made under one pretense, only to be like, oh God, no, what did I do? You know, there could have been more debate there and there could have been again, just a, a greater detailing of that f- kind of swaying of Coriolanus's soul between two States and two ideologies, you know? Yeah. And I
1: think in a book, when you're reading a bunch of te- additional texts, like, yeah, but in a movie, you, you got to do a little bit more creative work, gotta do some scene work, you do some scene work, here, a little but more creative just work to drive it the, home. The plot. And yeah. The,
2: cause the, cause yeah. he, especially, uh, uh, Sojourn, whatever his name is, is very much a, a themes character. I'm here for the, to bring the themes and the text of the <laughs> yeah. and to present those to you, yeah. Elena Snow. And I'm like, cool, good, like that's you need that. And I like that you know they have a whole argument, kind of their whole ideology is like, do we do direct action or do we play the long game? And and you know what are our motivations really? And yeah, it's like that stuff could have felt a lot more lived in, and you could have felt a, a little less. You know, the the a, a little less of that puppy killing feeling when it really does come down. You know, on on his head, thousand <laughs> percent, yeah, percent, and the weight of that broken promise. Of, I'll protect you. you know? Overall, seven point five for me, John. Yeah, yeah, seven point two. All right, give us seven point. All right. Either way, I think we were both like pleasantly surprised, and like the the good stuff was better than expected. And yeah, the, the stuff, stuff that doesn't work
1: could have worked. Stuff I did not show up for at all were the things <laughs> that I thought were the best parts. surprise. all the stuff I did not care about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, beforehand I was like, oh damn,
1: this is actually the most interesting. Yeah, yeah my, well done. Of all uh, the people
2: like just bound to a franchise, uh, well done, Francis Lawrence and company.
1: Yeah, but I think you should move on. Uh, yeah, I, I think really do. all these dudes need to <laughs> move on. I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> All guys. Leave your thoughts down below. What you thought? Hunger Games: Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And uh, hey, before we go, let's end this with a pay. <laughs> Anissa Oliva, Anissa. It is 2024. Oh. And I was thinking about it mm. in the year of COVID. Oh. Which you know, it's still very much real. But in it's the, still out there. <laughs> in the year when you know the pandemic was at its heights out here in the states. I remember we would do live streams, and you were contributing boatloads of cash. You were, like, ready to go broke. Yeah. And I just feel like you don't really do that anymore. Yeah, it's been a long time. And part of me is wondering why we should still be shouting you out. I mean, yeah, you... You pledge for this, but what is that? I
2: mean, that's just to get in the door, you know? That's just the cover charge.
1: But now we have, a, we have an expectation bar of what to receive from yeah. your end. And the bar only ever rises. It really limits the passion behind the shout-outs now does. for you. It does. When we're not financially incentivized for the bonus that it could lead
2: to. A more stimulating shout-out comes from a more stimulating stimulus package. And I'm
1: not dropping a hint here. I'm not saying what... You should do. There are a could and would scenario here that could be happening and ought to mandatory. Hey, but hey, hey, I'm no gaslighter.
2: All right, right. I didn't hear nothing. G, I'm no no
1: manipulator around here. So I. I can't tell you what to do with your funds. No, 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 never. But I'm just saying it's a new year. It's just friendly advice. You and know. Um, the pandemic height was a while ago. And we went through all the 2023. Well, you risked your life out there. And now we're in 2024. I'm just hoping that, whoa, in 2023, were you like saving up some stock here to right. dish
2: out monthly because she knew it was going to come back and then she would start showering us it, again to protect yeah. us from the all the antigens outside
1: i'm not i'm not not suggesting just you know just implying just uh throwing a thought just Food thinking it out loud it. just, 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 just spitball in here right just spitball in here go with me but on this. The, so you're you do what you want to do
2: yeah <laughs> you know you're a independent woman uh-huh. do what you want yeah and the great thing is, so often your interests and needs align perfectly with ours. So that makes us independent women too.
1: Just saying, give us give us a lot, more. give us more. some money,
2: give us a lot more, give pledge more. Find the Streamlabs link. Go there, and
1: I'm also offline super chat saying too. Let me be clear that if you do end up sending us a lot more money due to this shout out. We are going to be filled with obnoxious amounts of guilt, so please don't do it. Do not actually, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. disclaimer, this is not a serious
2: <laughs> shout out. Normally I would really just stick to the here, but... We can put a I'm long like, zoom on it so it's clear like, that this is a
1: joke. We know you pretty well. <laughs> And I'm Don't like, take I this the wrong I feel like this way. joke could really go badly. Yeah. And you would be like, oh, shit, I better send them. So,
2: please don't. Just that you have I been just, here for as long as you have and have been as lovely for as yeah. long is the greatest gift. Please so, don't do it. So, yeah. Um, no we don't need it. We really don't. for anything. You've been
1: amazing. And you helped us get through a tough period on you the too. channel. So, thank you. And I'll never forget that. And we've, of course, gotten to know you as an actual human being and person. And you've been wonderful jim so i hope in 2024 uh that you are able to use money to invest so that we could just have pure financial freedom some stocks and also some property. i hope you get married this year I hope you find a guy a marry man. him hey okay. better perch- worst things you could perch- do with your money man worst things you could do with your money <music>